Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. We ask you to bless it. Your word is our inspiration. Your word, Father God, is our nutrition. It gives us faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And as we hear your plans, things that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, things that haven't even entered into the imagination of man's heart, the things that you have prepared, they're already there for those who love you, for those who keep your commandments and walk in your ways. Now tonight, Lord, allow your word to be imparted into our spirits. Your word is spirit. It's living. It's alive. Let it come inside of us so that we could understand once and for all what is the basis of blessing, what is the basis of prosperity, what is the basis of our life having an expression of success, Lord. We pray that you would bless your word and that it would not return void, that it would be like a seed planted in each life, in each family, and give forth fruit and a harvest that glorifies and magnifies your name. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So there's only one verse that every Christian is told, or if you walk into the church and you're brand new and you're just stressed out in every direction and you don't know what direction to take, you're just cluttered like Steve Cook, uh, Phil Cook says, um, as, as you're surrounded without, with a, a myriad of opportunities, um, there's one verse that we've learned since day one in this regards to follow the Lord. It's found in Matthew 6.33. And we all know it by heart. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is, this is the, the starlight. If, if we're going to start from scratch tonight, from zero, the instruction we have from the word of God is your priorities need to change. And the, the, if you want to succeed, if you, I mean, look, all the self-help books, um, all the pyramid schemes, all the, uh, I just forgot, but there's a thousand million uh, opportunities to get ahead. And you see, we counted them um, about two years ago. In 2010, I counted 17 get-rich-quick schemes that came through my office. And obviously, they hit pastors because the pyramid, if I get in the pyramid and bring everybody in the pyramid, boy, we are rich. You know something? But I've told these guys, I have a better scheme. And my scheme is that I seek God with all my heart, all my strength, and all my might. And I, I'll bet I have the most incredible life compared to these other fools that have chosen a different way. Um, there's all types of quick, rich schemes. If you want to know how to prosper and to be blessed, you got to seek first the kingdom. Why do I say that? Why is the kingdom so important? Because there in this verse, there's a promise. And the promise is by someone who promises better than the banks, than the interest, than the loans, than the businesses. It's God himself who says, and all these things shall be added to you. They will be added. If you seek God first, you'll have an awesome marriage. I'm the evidence of this. I would have been a disaster without the kingdom of God. Uh, if you seek the kingdom of God, you'll have incredible children. Trust me, I didn't have the kingdom growing up, and I was serving the other kingdom. We were into a lot of rebellion and disobedience and doing things that were wrong. And so if you seek the kingdom, then everything is added. And we, we need to make this more than just philosophy. We need to make it more than just a religious principle. 
I, I don't know how else to tell you that if you put God in his place, everything else would prosper at degrees that are crazy. When I want you to underline, if, if you don't own a Bible, you got to get a Bible because that's the roadmap to true success and fulfillment. The men and women who have followed this book have gone to heights that far surpass our understanding. One of those families, can you say with me, Walmart. Okay, this is a Christian family who does things Christian ways and they own the town. How many say amen? This, this Walmart down the street, I've never seen it empty. I wish 24 hours, seven days a week, and it's just, everything is, is going in that direction. Why? Because the added to is amazing. When God adds to, what's the opposite of adding? Subtracting, right? When you lose everything, that's you're walking away from the kingdom. You're going to lose your identity. You will walk around as a man thinking you're a woman. That's at the level of, of depravity that it gets when you're far from the kingdom. It gets really dark. You don't know who you are. You don't know who your wife is. You don't know who your children are. They don't know who you are. It's dark, and nothing is added. And say with me, everything is taken away. Everything. Um, so that's the start tonight. I don't know how you're going to put this in your life. I don't know. God never, the first commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, your, your soul. With everything you are, you got to love God. And that leaves nothing else. And I'll tell you the truth. You won't ever be able to love anybody until you love God first. That's why he puts it as a command. It's not an imposition. It helps you and carries you to love your wife, to love your children. To Listen to me. Love your enemies and bless them, the Bible says. But that could only happen if God is in your heart, if you're full with the things of the kingdom of God. So Jesus promised not only that he would add things. John 10.10, he says, I have come that you might have life. You know, like the friends say, hey, man, you got to get a life, man. you got a sorry life. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it at measures of abundance. But there's a thief that comes to kill to steal and to destroy. I, I don't know that you like to be ransacked. You like to be plundered. You like the feelings of vo being void, being ripped off. I hate that. Can't stand that feeling of loss, deprivation, people taking what's yours. The thief only came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you'll learn that that is in a progression speed. First, he steals from you, then he kills you, then he kills your children and your grandchildren and your legacy. So it doesn't stop with you. It continues on at levels of destruction that are huge. You will not have a legacy to leave. But Jesus comes and he says, but I have come. How many know that Jesus come already? He's already been here. So, so if we're not on track, we need to get on track. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Listen to me. We, sad enough to say, we do not know the measures of abundance. Abundance is, is just a huge measure, so much so that you can afford to give away. That's the level of uh, the measure of abundance. You have enough for you and then some and some to give away. So that is what Jesus wants to do in our life. And, and many times it's not just monetary because people say, well, look at this guy has a lot of money and he has nothing. Listen to me. You, I guarantee you that, that 
Somebody would give me $750 million, and I would never give up my wife, my children, my peace, the way I rest at night, my future, my legacy. What God has for us is, is far surpasses our capacity to understand. And it's not just monetary. In fact, one of the things that I was able to read uh, this gentleman was, he says, oh, I got, a, I got a lot of stuff. You have nothing. See, the devil offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth and their glory if he would bow down and worship him. And Jesus says, listen to me, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in your provisions. And so the provisions of God are the ones that bless, and they add no sorrow. Let's read that in Proverbs 10, 22. You've got to seek the kingdom because as you seek the kingdom, there will be abundance of something called blessing. Blessing. That's what we stand in church for 15 minutes on Sunday to get that little, that blessing. Listen to me, that's fine, but there's a lot more. And you, it's there at your hand. And there in Proverbs 10.22 it says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And it's not talking financial solely. It's wealth. It's, it's a wholesomeness of all things. And, and listen what happens to that promise. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And say with me, adds no sorrow. There is no upsetting scenario as God prospers you. Because he prospers you in peace. He prospers you in blessing. If you see the drug dealers of the 80s here in Miami, and the devil promised them big wealth, big houses, big boats, and total destruction of their lives, their families, their children, and, and, and the, the, the shameful are the, 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 the children have had to even um, change their last names. They can't go around with their father's last name because it's so shameful. And so that's what the devil has when we ask for his blessing and his prosperity. It says, the, 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 uh, Job chapter 20, it says, the prosperity of the wicked is but for a moment. When they blink their eye, it's over. And what happens? Then comes the nightmare. Then comes the horrendous nightmare. And so these things, sad enough, weren't told to us by our parents. It says there in uh, Job 20, verse 5. The victory, the triumph of a wicked is short, and the joy of a hypocrite is just for a moment. It's just a second. It's momentary. Then it's gone. Then all the other stuff comes. So we start tonight with a foundation, Psalms 11:3. If you don't have a solid place to build upon, whatever you're building comes down and is destroyed. That's, that's where it's all at. If the foundations are destroyed... What can a righteous man do? What is the foundation? The foundation is the knowledge of God. We're going to get to it a little bit deeper. We're going to, we're going to understand a little bit deeper of what it is to prosper and to be blessed. Uh, Proverbs 29 verse 11, it says, When people can't see what's going on, they don't stop themselves. Where there is no ability to see, people... Don't hold back. It says a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds back. There's, there's a boundary the Word of God brings. There is a limitation. Like right here off the stage, if I didn't see that this was a cliff, I'd go off the cliff. This verse says, when I can't see what's going on, I'm going over the cliff. I'm driving my car into a brick wall. I have other illustrations. I'm jumping off a 50-floor building. I'm walking into a lion's cage. I'm getting married to a mad woman, a madman. I do things without asking. 
When people fail to follow godly advice that's for their own good, they run wild. They, they, everything goes out of whack. Now, I love the story of Frederick Nietzsche, who's a German philosopher who pretty much brought secularism. He's the one that ushered evolution into the university. They used to teach God the Creator, created all things, and we were to find things out. Well, now he says God is dead, and you don't have to live by his rules. This is the first guy who did this. And, and after him came Adolf Hitler and all the atheists, Marx and Lenin, and, and all these guys that, that, that put atheism on the forefront of the, of the scale was Frederick Nietzsche. He's the one that founded this thing. Destroy God. Destroy his limits. Destroy the word of God. Destroy the church. You don't have to listen to the pastor anymore. And how many friends I have that say, oh, if I would have listened to the pastor, if I would have listened to the pastor, they come. And all of a sudden, Nietzsche says like this. He says, there is no God. There is no boundaries. You can do whatever you want. Well, one young girl who was 18, he was 24. He had already become a professor of the uh, European universities. This young girl, 18 years old, super rebellious, started coming to his, to his debates and to his classes. And he fell in love with her. She was a good looking and she liked his teaching. And she's, teach me more, teach me more. And, and he's, she, she's taking notes, all this stuff. And he falls in love with her. And he's about to get married to her. He's, he's like, he's going to ask her to get married. Guess what she did? She left with his best friend. And you know what he told her? You're not supposed to do that. And she goes, wait a second. You taught me I'm not supposed to do anything. I could do whatever I want. And the story says he went crazy, went to a madhouse the rest of his life talking to himself. And he just went insane. You go insane when you don't have the Lord in your life. It gets crazy. It gets nightmarish. When people do not see things clearly, they stop restraining themselves. When we do not follow God's sense, everything becomes a crisis mode scenario. And so this is what major people are living out there, even though they're sporting their Mercedes Benz and they're going to nice restaurants. Trust me, I was their attorney. They would come into my law office and say, you know something? My husband ran off with my best friend. Well, who's your best friend? He's the business partner. He's a guy. My husband is gay. And just amazing, crazy scenarios of people living nightmare scenarios. And so in this regard, Paul says that he was an expert builder. What's an expert builder take? Somebody who follows the blueprints. Somebody who follows the directives, the instructions. Someone who's going to lay a solid foundation. Make sure you build on the rock, the Bible says. Don't build on the sand. Build on the rock. Build on the instruction of God's word. Let's read that in Matthew chapter 6. I believe it might be 7. Let me check real quick. He says, there it is, 724. Whoever hears my words, chapter 7, verse 24. Whoever hears my sayings and does them will be a wise man who builds his house on a rock. When the rains descend and the floods come and the winds blow and beat against that house, it does not fall because it's founded on the rock. Verse 26, say with me, but everyone... There's no exception here. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, I will liken to a fool who built his house on the sand. When the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew, beat against that house, it fell, say with me, and great was its fall. I don't want to see that picture in my life. I don't want to see that picture in my life. Jesus, what do you want me to do? 
Lord, tell me how I'm to live, where I'm to go, what I'm to say. Follow his plan, his directives. And Paul says even more, since he was an expert builder, he says, some build their spiritual lives with hay, wood, and straw. You guys remember the three little pigs, right? That's not going to hold up. Somebody throws a match your way, my friend, you're dead. Comes a trial, you're dead. So he says, but others will build with gold, silver, and precious stones. Materials that when problems come, they get purified and more precious. So I'm not saying there's not going to be problems when you're a Christian. I'm not saying that you're not going to be up against difficulties. No, I'm saying you're going you're to come out shining bright as gold. You're going to be polished in a, a supernatural way. Everyone's building will show forth, Paul says, when they're tried with fire. And so while we start looking with a posture of disguise, everything's okay. Uh, everything is falling apart when we're not following the Lord. The foundation for blessing, prosperity, and increase, say with me, say with me following God's ways. Don't disassociate prosperity blessing and favor without having God's hand upon it. It doesn't exist. This is one of the realities that we see in America today. One of the most incredible things of this nation. It's one nation under? Yeah, these guys knew. If we're going to build a nation, let's make sure God's a part of it. Let's make sure his word instructs us. And all the schools used to have this as their learning text. This was, the, this was the book people used to learn literature, history, grammar. All the things were in here, and the people used to read the Bible verses to instruct them in the ways of the Lord, in wisdom and in truth. There was no truth outside of God's ways. And so uh, we'll see here. Let me get, uh, I don't want to miss anything. Obeying his instructions. And seeking a stronger faith as applied to God's word. Let you feed your faith. Feed your faith in God's word. This is the starting point of every broken life. I meet with, with minimum of 10 people per week, 10 families. And every week we start out with these devastated families saying, okay, listen to me. Let's transfer your life to the word of God. The Word of God says this. The Word of God says this. The Word of God says this. In this situation, the Word of God says this. And as people restore their lives, it's coming back to the place where they're getting ready to listen to God. They're getting ready to put God's values as a priority. As you allow God to lead you humbly, and you confess every time you, you depart, Lord, I'm sorry I messed up, I'm coming back, and you present yourself to God. Say with me, voluntarily. Nobody's going to obligate you. Nobody forced me to do what I do. I do it because I desire to see the glory of God. I know what the devil wants with my life. I know what he wants with my family. He wants to destroy it. But God wants to build, a, a, it says, a legacy for a thousand generations. You mean, the way you live now will affect the next thousand generations of your life. The, the, the peace, the joy, the certainty. Um, some of the families that have come to church here about five, six years ago, and we have given them godly counsel out of the Word of God. They're enjoying peace to this day because they kept the Word five, six years ago that was told to them. Today they're living peace and joyful lives 
Because they're not, it's, it's not our word. Don't get confused. I'm not a smart man. I, I'm given what I know about the word of God. I'm going to say, hey, the Bible says this. Hey, I read this. One day I was, and the Lord told me this and showed me this verse. So we're restructuring our lives, not by a crazy man, by the word of God. We're saying this is the way God thinks. This is the way God feels. This is the way God wants you to walk in this direction. Like, for example, humility. Humility. For you to admit that you need God. That's, that's a starting point. If you don't, it says God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Listen to me. Some people used to say, Joaquin, you use religion like a crutch. I said, no, my friend, I use it as a wheelchair. My whole life is needing God. I'm not just limping around on a crutch. I'm on a stretcher, man. I'm on a flatbed tow truck, and I need God all over the place. And I'm not embarrassed to say it. Without God, I would be homeless, in jail, homosexual, pedophile. I'd be messed up. I'd be the puppet of the devil. And I refuse because God says I'm his prince. A prince is a man who lives by principle. He lives and governs his life by truth. He, he surrounds himself with wise men. He, he hungers and thirsts for the things of God. I'm not living my life up to a, a mistake. When these people begin to understand the need to change course, this is called repentance. i got to take another street because I'm at a dead end. Repentance is turning around and walking in the direction God and his spirit lead you. Listen to me. Here's what begins to take place. Incredible amounts of miracles. Miracles start taking place left and right. I, 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 I rejoice. I tell people all the time, you're having marital problems? That's nothing. God can fix that. I can't wait to see you in the glory of purposes in the will of God. Because marriage is not just something you just put up with. Marriage is a lifetime honeymoon scenario in God's blessing. It's amazing. They begin to experience blessing and abundance and increase and fruitfulness. The, the source of, of flourishing is being planted in the things of God. In every area of your life, you begin to see God move like rain that has fallen on parched land, on a desert. There, there God begins to send his blessing and eternal life as you begin to walk with God. In every area of your life. You know why? Because God is true to his promises. It doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter how messed up their life are. As long as they do what God promised, God fulfills his side of the bargain. And so you'll see this in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. As Cornelius, which was a man who didn't know much about God, he comes to God and he makes this declaration. Um, he says, God is saving this family. They don't even know God. Acts 10, 34. And Peter says like this, now I realize, Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth I noticed something. God has no favorites. He doesn't, he doesn't make exceptions. There's no, he's not going to treat Ariel good and, and George bad and, and Frankie. He's going to leave you out. He doesn't. God doesn't make any, he doesn't have any favorites. Oh, he, things are going good for him because God really loves him. Listen to me. Peter says, I realize now that God shows no partiality. Well, then what does he do? What's the measure of his increase in prosperity and blessing? What is it that makes God bless one man and, and see another man destroyed? Uh, verse 35. In every nation, whoever fears him, that's the first one. 
You, listen, the word fear means respect, reverence. Listen. Whoever reveres God and does what is right, God has opened doors for him big time. God begins to pour it out. And so whoever changes course and follows God's ways, refusing to walk away from God, will find a blueprint with true measure of success in every area of life. One of the evangelists came to the realization, listen well, listen to his words. He says, God has made us on the inside for an incredible life of faith, not fear. Fear is not normal to the human body. Faith has been put here. We were wonderfully and marvelously made to include the measure of something spiritual called faith. Worry and anxiety, worry and anxiety are like sand in our machinery. I don't know much about machineries, but if you put sand in a machine, it pretty much stops functioning. So worry and anxiety shut you down. But you know what? Faith is like oil to us. It makes us feel better. It makes us move in the direction of power and strength. It's our confidence that replaces fear and doubt. People that are overwhelmed by depression and worry and anxiety, they're gasping for each air to breathe, but not those who breathe faith. That's a fresh breath. That is something that God created us to walk with our Creator, and it will build the remaining aspect of our life as we trust in God. The United States decided that they would be a prosperous nation if they put God first. So you know what's on every single currency in America? It's not the more you have, the more you get. It's in God we trust. Why do they put that on the money? Why, why put God in the realm of economic strength and prosperity? You want to know why? Because when you have God, everything prospers. Everything is blessed. Uh, about, you could do the study in Brazil about 15 years ago. Brazil was in the worst economic downturn, bankrupt country in the world. And somebody called the president and says, you know why you don't prosper? Because you don't fear God, because you don't trust God, because you haven't put God first. And so he changed the currency and he put in Portuguese, he put in God we trust. He put it in all the currency of the whole nation, and they started going, they started flying high. Not because the economy changed, not because they had industry, but because now they had bowed down to trust in God. Their trust was in the Lord. And so the United States has done some, the same thing. In the smallest of currencies, in the penny, it'll say, in God we trust. And in the big fat bills, like when you get a $100 bill, it's not like you don't trust God no more. You need to trust God. What is trust God? Have a deep conviction. This means be utterly convinced that without God, you're going nowhere fast. Without God, there is no hope. A friend of mine from Chile, he says that they live in a mining town. And they take out so much minerals. They take out copper. They take all sorts of metals, precious metals. And this city is super prosperous. Everybody is wealthy. It's like the Mikasukis out here, right? A lot of money, man. But who wants money if you don't have peace? Who wants money if you don't have joy? Who wants money if you can't sleep at night? Who wants money if you become an alcoholic? Who wants money if, if your life is destroyed? If you're bipolar, schizophrenic? Who wants money? But who can say, I trust in the Lord? 
I trust in God. I want to be convinced that people are only as strong as their faith and faithfulness to God. Only as strong. I was telling the story of a couple weeks ago. They called us to, to play that game where you can win annual passes to Walt Disney, right? You throw bing bags through five holes, and if you do it, you get your whole family goes to Disney for a full year, all you want, free. So I got up there, and I got my boys. You go, boys, better make it. And, and I, guys, I always lose at these games. So, and I was with my three boys, and, and I knew that they were going to make it. But, and so we all got there, and we threw those, and we won. And, and we're, like, excited. We couldn't believe it. First time we found a full family ride to Disney for a whole one year, 12-month annual pass for six people. And then I heard about a brother here in the church that heard about it, and he went over there. And he said this, he said, Lord, I want my hands to be your hands. And when I heard that, I said, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I pray? I just went out in my strength, in my self-confidence, and uh, watch me, Lord, here I go. We do that too often. And then we burn and crash. We burn and where there's no return. There's, there's a whole bunch of messed up things. We're, we're too fast at that, not trusting in the Lord. But God has made this the case. People are only as strong as their faith and faithfulness to Almighty God. You're only as strong as the God who prospers you. And God, God stands in that stead also. That's, that's what he agrees with. Throughout man's history, God promises to bless those, those nations who put their trust in him. When people decide to honor God and his character, and he makes them strong and royally blesses them, not only financially, but emotionally. In the governments that he raises up, who wants a nation with a strong government without God? That's called communism. It's a strong government. And guess what? No God. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no families. There's no prosperity. But when God comes in, he not only makes you prosperous financially and government, emotionally, health-wise, industry, hospitals, schools, every thinkable way and area in your life will begin to take off. I remember when this country started, the universities knew that if they didn't get close to God, they would learn nothing. Did you know that? The names and the mottos for all those university schools, I, I printed out like 20 of them. Every university added God as their means, Brown University, in Deo Speramos, in God we trust. In every university, they would have added something uh, Dartmouth College, a voice that cries in the wilderness. That's taken out of the Bible. Harvard is, is seeking truth only, loving truth. And so all these major universities in their Latin terms had God in there. Why? Psalm 33, 12 says, Blessed is a nation whose Lord is God. And people who have chosen God's way of living rather than their own. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. If you make God the God of your family, if you make God the God of your home, if you make God the God of your finances, of your business, you let him direct who you partner with and who you don't partner with. You let him direct the days and the times that you enter into these things. And God will begin to fly you like a kite. Now, this man who's very wealthy here in Miami, he told me the testimony. He says, I hated my dad till I turned 50 years old. And when I turned 50 years old, somebody told me to forgive him. And that day, my life took off, and he became a multimillionaire. This is the prosperity when we practice biblical truths, begin to break the chains that hold us down into destruction. 
And so, uh, just like the United States founded under the principle of one nation under God, and God bless America, land of the free, home of the brave, it's all over the place. Glory, glory, hallelujah. All the hymns of this nation were based on lifting God up. They had partnered with God for 200 years. I don't know what's happening now. I can tell you one thing, that if we don't start getting back on God's time clock, we're going to see America go down just like every other nation that's gone down because they left the Lord. Let's read Psalm 36.9 real quick. We're about to finish here. Here's what one of the university's foundations was. They say, Lord, you are the fountain of life. You are the source of life. You are the source of life. In your light, we can have a clue. In your way of living, we get to see why you made us have a wife, why you gave us a husband, why you want children. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why did you want me to commit to Yvette forever? I was like, that doesn't sound right. I'm a lawyer, and I know what a life sentence is when I see it, right? When you're, that's a penalty in court. You get a life sentence, man. You're, you're a dead duck. Well, I said, why? He says, because I have a plan with your children. I have a plan to prosper them. I have a, pram, a plan to give them strength, to give them hope, to give them love. I have a plan for them. So in all these ways, Psalm 19.8 says, As I live according to God's rules, I do right things. And when you do right things, you get joy in your heart. Listen to this. The statutes of the Lord, the Word of God, are right. They rejoice the heart. The commandment is pure. It lets you see. It enlightens your eyes. You get a clue. When you live by the Word of God, it opens up your view. You get to see things. Daniel 2.22, Daniel said like this, My God reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what's in deep darkness, and He dwells with light. Well, I want to tell you that as America began to grow in God, we invented the car, the airplane, the radio, the television. We started inventing computers. We started inventing technology. And we became the source for the world's increase in development in science. Why? Because the Bible says as you honor God, he turns on the light bulb. Romans 1.28 says, because they did not give God thanks, because they did not glorify him, he darkened their understanding. Isn't that incredible? They did not retain the knowledge of God, so he gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not right. You get away from God just in a second. You start doing things that God doesn't want you to do. God doesn't want you to do. Why? Because there's destruction coming. There's situations he doesn't want you to be a part of. And so he will tell you things. When I walked into the church... 28 years ago, and they said, no sex until you're married. I freaked out. I said, these guys are Martians. These guys are out of this world. That can't even be true. And guess what? There's a foundation for trust. There's a foundation for faithfulness. There's a foundation for true love for those that wait and honor the marital relationship. And I thank God that I was able to participate with that in my wife. And, and honor God's word. I, at first, I thought it was crazy. Five years later, I'm listening. I'm saying, Lord, I want to be, have that with Yvette. I want to, to start out a solid foundation of honor, a solid foundation of, of faithfulness, a solid foundation for respect. That's what God, that, that's what, that in my life, it was, it was new. It was crazy. 
but I wanted it because it, it became the foundation for those things that God had planned. Hebrews 4.13, nothing in creation is hidden from God's sight. He sees all things. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes, to whom we must give an account. He sees all things. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. From the Father of lights, James 1.17. Isaiah 45.7, he says, I form the light and I create darkness. God says, I bring prosperity, and I'm the one who creates disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Let's read that, Isaiah 45, 7. God is the one that's, that's turning us. And, and, you know, he does so with love, and he does so with a lot of patience. And, and, and here he is again, telling us once again, I'm the key to your prosperity. I'm the key to your blessing. I'm the key to your increase. I'm the key to your favor. And we must serve him and him alone. We find ourselves serving so many other things, having so many other priorities that aren't consistent with blessing and peace. When anyone wanted to get an education, they wanted to come to the United States and they would learn the field of business, industry, and science because the light was on. Precepts of righteousness, morality as the foundation of doing right things. That's why the companies prosper as they do the right thing. I want to get into this last part here. George Washington, when the nation started, he was the first president. He says, no nation will prosper without being. No people can, bound, can be bound to acknowledge and endure, adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than those of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. God helped us to get where we were, in other words. Since we ought to be no less persuaded that there is a smile in the heavens that can never be expected on a nation that regards, that disregards the eternal rules. You can't get God to smile in your direction as you're breaking all his rules, as you're doing that which is not right. Because even heaven is ordained by the rules that God has established. They asked George Washington Carver, one of the most incredible men that's ever lived in the United States, they said, what is the secret to your success? And he says, in all my ways I acknowledge God and he directs my paths. I take everything in my life to God and do it the way he leads me. And he says that God began to give him the secrets. Of, if you have ever tried peanut butter, you could thank him. That's the man who invented it. He just opened up inventions left and right. Let's stand tonight and as we turn our hearts back towards the Father, he longs for us to know him. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants us to take his path. He wants us to listen to his voice. Guys, listen to me. There's people that take their yoga classes more serious than they do they're going to church. There's people who go to yoga and says, no, I got to do the python. I got to do the gazel. I got to do all these wicked things. Not wicked in that sense, but wicked in the sense of they don't come to church and raise up their hands. They feel it's weird. And yet the devil has them tied in a pretzel position. And, and they faithfully go there every week and they have their yoga towel. They don't own a Bible, but they have their yoga towel and they have their yoga equipment and they're there with their yoga friends and they're all twisted and bent out of shape. And, and who are you having sex with today? Well, I don't know. And, and all this stuff. And guess what? That's a bunch of foolishness. But if you honor God, you'll be his princess. He will adorn you. He will protect you. He will provide for you. I mean, what God has done and he continues to do, I'm excited for what, what foundation we've laid in the lives of our children. What, what foundations to, 
I wish I would have been a young man knew the Lord. I didn't come to the Lord until I was a first year in college. I, I was a first year in college at the, la- the end of my high school days. So I, I, I came with a lot of baggage to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you know, I don't even believe that you, you exist pretty much. I, I think church is a joke. I think these people are weird. And, and that's how I started. But I needed God. I knew one thing. I needed God. I needed God. And if we could acknowledge that tonight, I guarantee you, you're going to be blessed beyond measure. You might not be able to see clearly tonight, but if you humble yourself and ask him in, and he says if you repent, if you turn around, you'll see his glory. If you turn from from doing things your own ways, if you quit thinking your own thoughts, Jeremiah 11, 29 says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. They're thoughts of peace. They're thoughts of joy and to give you a future and a hope. Some of you don't have a future. Some of you don't have a future. I know without God, I wouldn't have a future. And so tonight, I want to, I have no doubt that this word is from the Lord and I have no doubt that even this afternoon as he began to press in my spirit, that he wants a blessed and prosperous people. God wants you to prosper in all your ways. God wants every decision to be the right decision. Why? Because you're going to base it on his counsel. Isaiah 9, 6 says, wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. He's the best counselor you ever have. If you cultivate it and develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you hang around with people who fear God, that your companions will not be those that are far from God. I said when I when I became a Christian, I said, Lord, I want a woman that loves you more than I love you. I want a girl who loves Jesus Christ more than I love him. And I got one. I got one. I got a woman who fears the Lord, who's wise, who loves Jesus Christ and loves, you know how you can tell a person who loves Jesus Christ, you love what Jesus loves. Those are the people that love Jesus. So as we sing this song, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to bless you, to bring you forward. This is for Christians tonight. Because see, in the house of God, God talks to his people. Where the church is supposed to go out to the streets and talk to the people about God. But when we're at church, God is talking to his people. And he wants you to be more connected with his words and his priorities and his values. Why? He wants to bless you. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to pour it out. Since so people see like this flower pot here, they see all the flourishing of the flowers. They say, wow, that, that's alive and well. But when you're desolate, when all the petals are gone and the thorns and the thistles are showing, people are saying there's a desert or there's a plague or there's a curse. And God wants to bring you to blessing. God wants you to flourish. Jesus said